Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Tuesday. Those that are here live. For those that are here, whenever you're here, thanks so much for joining us. We've been talking about this idea of honor. We're trying to get underneath it because it is really the, the driving point of our lives. When we talk about the actions that we do, really it's through a prism of zeal and discipline, knowing when to push, when to say yes, knowing when to say no. But that only gets us to drive the car better. It doesn't get us to figure out where we're going. Where we're going really is more connected to our honor. In the world of the spirituality, this is really connected to the idea of Jacob, the idea of Torah, the idea of direction, beauty, it's all about where are, my, where are my eyes focused? Where am I heading towards? I could have all the energy in the world, but if I'm putting it in the wrong direction, it could be a, it could be a huge problem. And, and the reason why this is so critical for us to spend time on is because even if we're off by a little bit, over the course of our lives, that can really be off. You take off and you're just a few you know, degrees in the wrong direction and you fly across the you know, the United States of America, you could be wanting to go to Seattle, you could end up in Los Angeles. It's, it's not a big deal when you, when, you, when you take off from JFK, but it is a big deal when you cross your whole life. So in our lives, we're constantly grappling with this, but this is sort of the work that we're doing is trying to really get this down so that I'm fully aligned. And what we did yesterday was this idea that it's not just what we do in ourselves, it's what we do in other people. Now, this is the beginning of living life in a deeper level. I do this a lot when I work with CEOs and companies. A lot of times when I'm in a company and I see a company is not achieving the success that it can achieve, what I believe personally is the reason is because they're not playing at a deep enough level. The people aren't playing deep enough. When they hear somebody in the company speak, they're only listening to the words. When they see somebody succeed or fail, they're only looking at the actions. When there is a interpersonal conflict, they're only looking at what's being said or not said. They're not playing at a deeper level and the level of traits and values and virtues where we can, where you can live at, where you can see something deeper in somebody else, where you can see problems that may take place, where people are not insensitive, they're insecure. Where people aren't necessarily negligent or they're not malicious. They're, they're hurt or they're, um, they're not being heard. The person who's at the top isn't trying to not pay attention to your needs, he or she may not have that in their radar because they're focusing on something else. But we get lost in this world of what people say and do as a way in which I judge them and not who they are. And that clouds our eyesight. And yesterday I spoke about this idea of even me growing up. How many teachers that I have in my life that just saw a kid that just couldn't sit and study and did not do well at certain subjects and just sort of assumed that they, was, they, they didn't know what, what else I was valuable for. It's incredible. 
How many times this happens? And those few that did, my mom and others, but the few teachers and principals along the way, what, they, what that did for me, because somebody saw me. How many people are out there that are waiting to be seen? So why does this happen for? How come we can't see each other? So there's a great interesting piece that I read about eyesight, spiritual eyesight. I believe it's a Talmud that teaches us that when we take big steps, now this is a very cryptic message. So I wanna like state it and then unpack it with you. And Talmud states that when you take big steps, big steps, it causes you to lose a 60th of your eyesight. And you get it back when you look into the Kiddush wine on Friday night. Listen, just, it's just an, you know, not operating on a physical level. This, not, you know, they're not dealing in the world of uh, optometry here. When a person takes big steps, he loses a piece of his eyesight. But when he looks down at the Kiddush cup on Friday night, he gains a piece of that back. What's the lesson that I think the Talmud is trying to teach us? That the reason why we can't see with our spiritual eyes is because we're, we're, we're running too fast. Life is too fast. We're moving too fast. And when we slow down, there's plenty of things that are going to distract us to move us faster. When you sit with somebody and you're talking to them and their eyes start like darting around the room, it's because their brain is moving too fast. They've been conditioned to be needed to be to being stimulated too quickly. I told you when I sat with uh, a the head of a major advise, uh, advertising firm once. I was doing uh, interviews on my podcast back in previous podcast iterations. And she said that today, and advertisers do this for a living. This is what they, they, they track people's attention spans for a living, right? When you're doing an ad, if your ad is beyond someone's attention span, the ad is less effective. And I was explaining to her, like, what is it? And, they, and she said to me, like, today, people's attention span is around the, the same attention span as goldfish. It's like when you're looking at it, it's like four seconds. I'm like, are you out of your mind? She's like, yeah, it's like four or five seconds. Now, of course, like, you know, in different contexts. But there's a certain speed in which my brain needs things. Try standing online in a store and seeing what happens if you don't have something in your hands to scroll if you are online. It's like torture. The idea of thinking, forget about. Try talking to somebody and you try telling a story to somebody that doesn't have a punchline within the first minute, like building up a story. And if it's not like dramatic, sit with, sit with teachers and, and ask them what their lives are like now. God bless them. And for all of us that are that had their kids home in Zoom, we know what it's like to be a teacher. If you're a teacher, right? L'chaim, if you're a teacher. Oh my gosh. Watching them on, and on Zoom, forget about it. Oh my gosh, it's impossible. Moving too fast. We're all moving too fast. Talmud tells us, you move so fast, you take big steps, 
you know what you're going to get through your big steps? You're going to get less eyesight. You'll get more done, but you won't be playing at a deep level. That's the power of Shabbat. That's what the rabbis are teaching us. On Shabbat, you slow down. You stare into that Kiddush wine. See the beauty in things. Kiddush wine is the representative of being the Kaddish, which is to sanctify, which is to take the mundane and to elevate. Relax. Stare at something for more, for more than a second. You're going to see something deeper than what you originally thought. There's a world around us waiting to be seen that we just don't see. There are people that are yelling and screaming because no one's ever seen them. There are people that are giving up way too early because no one's ever seen them. There are people that are spending time, effort, and money to get somebody to compliment them. You ever talk to people like this? The entire conversation is one ploy to get you to tell them how great they are. You know this one? They tell stories that are just designed. They don't even realize it. They're just trying to get somebody to say that they're doing good. It's because no one's ever really seen them. And when you don't see people, they, there's, a, there's a lack in their soul. They're thirsty. No one sees them for who they are. No one sees them for their virtues. No one sees them for their values. No one sees them for their soul. They see how they look. They see how much money they make. They see how smart they are. They see how funny they are, but they don't see them. They're a utility. They work in a company and when they produce, people smile and when they don't, people frown. Nobody sees them. I had this with a company that I'm uh, helping. I told the, the managers, I spoke to the management team right when COVID hit. I said, listen, this is the greatest chance you have to build your company. They're like, what do you mean on Zoom? I won't, like, forget it. Everyone is right now, March, April, May, during that time, people are becoming humans again. They're worried, they're scared, they're, they, we were sent to our rooms. Now, when you speak to your employees, when you speak to the, your people that you're supervising, you have a chance to like ask them about their, like them. How's your family? How are you feeling? How are you doing? You can look in their eyes, even through a screen and get to that person. And they're going to feel something like, oh my gosh, this person actually sees me. Don't talk just business. I'm not saying you have to ask them like personal questions. But you can see somebody for a deeper level. You can see someone for their values. You can see someone for who they are. And when we see people for who they are, we give them a gift that maybe they don't get. And this is the greatest gift you can give somebody. Because the greatest gift you can give somebody is the ability for them to see themselves. And the way life works is that when me and you look out from who I am, I can't see inside me. Because if you remember, if you've been on the show with me long enough, you know that we've got a schema and our schema is conditioned and I am conditioned to survive and I am conditioned to make it in this world. 
and I'm conditioned to be socially accepted and I'm conditioned to win in my microculture. I am conditioned to not see me because I'm too busy trying to perform. If I spend all day looking at myself in the mirror, where am I going to go? My brain isn't conditioned to self-introspect. That's why people have a hard time journaling because we're not built to self-introspect. We have to adopt introspection. I don't see myself. I can't see myself. I'm too busy trying to prove myself. I'm too busy trying to be able to survive in the world around me. I can't see who I am. It's just not how I'm built. It's not how God created us to be able to see the virtues in us. So that's why you see somebody and they're so amazing and you go, my gosh, you're incredible. And they sometimes look at you like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't know what you're doing? And the person doesn't even know because they don't see themselves. Because they're not supposed to see themselves. They're supposed to operate in a world. And until somebody else comes and sees them, they may never have seen themselves. There are people living around not knowing who they are because no one has ever looked at them for who they are. There are people married and in families and in communities. They don't know who they are. So when times are tough, they collapse. Or when things get hard, they give up. Or when they want to connect, they can't fully connect to somebody else. Not because they don't have the ability. Because no one's ever shown them or seen them. Can you imagine the power that we have? Do you realize that we're sitting on the greatest gift ever? Do we have a set of eyes that can see somebody else? And if we use those eyes not for how well someone could benefit me and whether or not their actions or words are pleasing me, but you use those eyes to see the depth in somebody else, then being able to share that with them. And by the way, I got to tell you, even if you don't even say it, remember the big Malian effect, remember the Rosenthal effect, the expectancy theory, just seeing it, just seeing it can unlock a piece of somebody else's soul that was previously inaccessible to them. Do you realize that me and you are walking around with the ability to blow people up positively, the ability to give them something that it belongs to them, the ability to make them feel spiritually satisfied? We don't even got to, it doesn't even cost us a dollar. Let me read you this, this excerpt from the book that I read yesterday from the book called One from Rabbi Kluger. Incredible. Listen to what he says. We're going to, we're going to hit this with God's help because we're not, we're going to hit this because once you, once we identify our superpower, man, we become superhuman. This is a superpower. Eyesight. Spiritual eyesight. He's talking about this idea about people that are just constantly in need of compliments. Here's what he writes. Listen to this. Let's understand what's at the root of this matter. A person has to feel that someone besides him appreciates and values his true worth. Listen to what the rabbi says. Somebody besides the person has to appreciate and value his true worth even more. He greatly needs to hear this said explicitly. The rabbi is taking it to the next level. There is certainly no lack of people around him who shower him with compliments 
But after many years of hearing so many kind words, he remains distressed because he has not yet found the right person who will tell him the right word. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're great. You look gorgeous. You're so smart. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what he's talking about. Virtues. An honest person who hears a good and true word feels that now his inner essence has been shown to him. Even though he knew until now that he possessed a virtue, it wasn't visible to him. His friend validates and reveals what's hidden to him. What an amazing favor. Such praise, he speaks in a different way, has the power to reveal an inner portion of his soul. What we can do with our eyesight by being able to slow down for a few minutes and just look at the people around us in our lives. Just slow down. Because at the end of the day, we're not more successful because we're going 100 miles an hour. I hope nobody thinks that. I hope nobody really believes that we're more successful because we're flying. We just get more stuff done, but the stuff that we get done is superficial. What one conversation can do with a client or with a parent or with a kid that's real compared to hundreds that are just sort of like running through life. But what we can do by slowing down is that we can start to look for the virtues in other people. We can start to understand them. We can start to appreciate them. We can see things in people that they can't see things in themselves. And it'll shock us because, of course, we assume that if I see it, then you know it. But it's not true. It's not how it works. Because think of it for your own self. How many parts of yourself that you never fully appreciate until somebody brought it out in you? This is the power of a parent. This is the power of a friend. This is the power of a teacher. It's not a subject. It's not helping you get life done the power of somebody that that we're close to our power to them is not helping them through life our power is identifying for them who they are and pouring into their soul until their soul is so full that they feel this confidence that they don't need to do things or say things or act in ways that is trying to get people to look at them. They can do things that are right. They can do things that are noble. They can do things that are great because they feel, they feel full. That's honor. Who is honored? One who honors others, Pirkevos tells us. What is real honor? Who is a person of real honor? Somebody who takes the superpower and uses it to make everyone around them feel more honored. That's what we can do. That's the power that we have. Think about that for a second. Just think about the power that me and you possess. That we have the ability 
to look at other people around us and give them a piece of their soul. It was always there, reveal to them a piece of their soul. We have the ability through our eyes and our mouth and our intention to unlock people's essence. That is insane. That's insane. And it's free. Can you imagine? If I said right now that I, if I would give each, if, if God would give me all of us a credit card that was unlimited, it was on God's account, what would we do with it? So first we'd swipe some stuff for ourselves. We'd buy new houses, new cars, whatever, fly to Israel, whatever. After a while, like how much money can you spend? What would you do next? What would you do next? If we had an unlimited credit card, what would we do? After we bought whatever we needed, we swiping, swiping. Oh, we do. We probably go to the local um, soup kitchen, swipe on me, walk around to poor people, swipe on me. No, we wouldn't go to, to nonprofits and go, what do you need to do for the budget? Swipe on me. That's unlimited. We would go around and take a car that God gave us that was an unlimited amount of money and go make people's lives better. God is giving us a credit card. It's called our eyes and our mouth. It's unlimited. We get to use it for as long as our eyes open up and our mouth works. And we can go around all day, swipe, swipe, and use it to bring out the best in each other. Can you imagine? All right, we'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. We'll keep at it because there's another twist to this we'll get. For today, let's think about this. Let's try it. Let's try it today. Let's try it. Look at one person in your life. Don't be weird about it because it's going to freak them out. Look at one person in your life. See a virtue and identify it for them. Not like in a weird way, just casually. As we get here, my gosh, as we, if we can do this, can you imagine if we live this way? I'm just thinking about it now. Can you imagine if me and you live this way? Wake up every morning, go to bed every night, and we're just slowly giving people the breath to become great. Can you imagine the impact of what one life could be if it's spent making other people so great? It starts with our eyes. It starts with our honor. All right. Have an incredible day, everybody. I, I, I'm, I got, I, we're late. It's past 920. Have a great day. Cannot wait to speak to you again tomorrow. We got a lot more to talk about this. We're almost done, but not yet. Um, Okay. Have an awesome day with God's help. Can't wait to see you again tomorrow.